sky was gold, it was rose, I was taking sips of it through my nose, and I wish I could get back there someplace, back there, smiling in the whispers you would take, doing crystal method lift you up until you break it, won't die. Come down and take stock with the tick-tock rhythm, bump for the drop and then I bumped up, took the hit that I was given, then I bumped again, then I bumped again, I said, how do I get back there to the place where I fell asleep inside you, how do I get myself back to the place where I said... Hello, and welcome to Comic Book Herald Live. This is just me. This is my normal speaking voice. Nothing unusual about this. Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Hello, welcome. I could keep going on that song, to be clear. Probably, probably the song I have sung professionally most in my life. I'm just going to leave that hanging ambiguously. It's a true statement. What do I mean by that? Perhaps the truth will be revealed today on a Comic Book Herald Live. Hey, everybody. It's Dave here. Thanks for joining live. Appreciate you being here. Let's talk some comics. We're going to talk... Listen. Listen. Please. (laughs) We're going to talk a little bit about some stuff that came out this week, but really, I think we can all agree, not that much came out this week that is like burning, you know, got to talk about it kind of comics, right? So instead... This is going to be a big Q&A episode. I'm going to do The Road to a Thousand Ranked Comics, which is something I talked about at the end of last year. We're going to kick that puppy off today. We're going to rank Concrete by Paul Chadwick. Okay? That's this month's... I've done a bad job of announcing this, but that's that's this month's... Hang on. Can you all hear me? (laughs) Am Am I broadcasting? I think so. I'm seeing here in the comments from Two Cent, another stunning duet that no one else will hear. Oh, okay, so maybe you were singing along with me, but hopefully my my pipes are coming through, no problem. So we're going to rank Concrete, on Comic Carol's best comics of all time, Paul Chadwick's Concrete, uh, read along this month. Recommended comic. And then we're also going to select what is next month's comic going to be on the road to 1,000 ranked comics, okay? I'm also going to live re-rank House of X and Powers of 10. I'm a little bit overdue there. I think we can talk... Um, we got to talk a little Robert Kirkman. We got to talk about Invincible, Convincible, a podcast where I'm trying to convince Zach, my marvelous year co-host, that uh, Invincible is actually good. <laughs> That's Convincible. We got to talk Kirkman's Energon Universe Experiment. Cobra Commander number one came out today. I think that'll be kind of interesting. We got Jason Aaron announced taking over the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I feel like that's news. That could be interesting to talk about, right? But get in your questions. Get in your thoughts because... Fall of the House of X-Wise, X-Men comics-wise, ain't much to say. Ain't much to say this week, right? We knew this was an off week. We knew we were killing clock here in between Kieran Gillen and Al Ewing Comics. Uh, that is, in fact, the case. Listen, how do we say this? Jerry Duggan's destiny within the X-Office was to be the Robert Ory of the office. Big shot Bob. Seven championships. One of the most clutch players in big moments of all time. Arguable NBA Hall of Famer because of productions in big games, in the playoffs, and in championships. That was Duggan's destiny. Stepping in for a Hellfire Gala, blowing it out of the water. 
okay? What Robert Ori was not, no NBA franchise ever said, we need to build this around Big Shot Bob, right? There were clearly defined roles. Everyone knew their strengths. And you put Ori in situations where he could succeed, where Akeem Olajuwon was the star, where David Robinson and Tim Duncan were the stars, where a third franchise that I'm not remembering, oh, Shaq and Kobe were the stars, right? I I think, listen, I've obviously been critical of the work. I have no personal, I wish no ill will towards Jerry Duggan at all. Right, I think people often conflate, and I think there's in fandom there's just a, a gross inability to separate criticism of work in good faith and personal attacks on creators. Okay, one of these things is fine. <laughs> one of those things is good and healthy. Criticism of work considers and analyzes why we love it or why we don't love it, what it could be. It elevates the medium. It raises the standards, right? It says, how could this be better? Personal attacks of creators does nothing positive, okay? That is never what I'm going for. I think anyone who has followed me for any amount of time probably knows that, but it feels worth reiterating because I think a lot of times fandom is so binary with this stuff and so bad at nuance. I'm not talking about you all. You all get it, obviously. You're here. But so bad at nuance that they just cannot understand if someone is like, I don't like this comic. And they're like, why is he always attacking that poor man? <laughs> That's not what this is. Okay? But what I want to say today, I don't blame Duggan for being in the position of trying to be the post-Hickman head of X, which, like, he never was. Like, if you know, you know. But perception-wise, Duggan was put in the position of inheriting the title X-Men, the big one. I saw some, I think it was Robert Segundas, who's a really good critic and somebody I, whose opinion I liked, did a lot of great analysis when Hoxson, House of X and Powers of Ten launched over on Comics XF. And I saw him say something to the effect of try explaining to just like a regular person, like a normal fan, that like, no, Immortal X-Men and X-Men Red are the two main books, not X-Men, <laughs> right? Counterintuitive, defies perception. I think the perception that Duggan was the head of X has lingered to this day. And it is also like in some ways validated by, by the fact that, you know, this individual writes the Hellfire Gala specials and is now writing the fall of how the House of X event. You know, it gives the sense of like, yes, you are one of the leading architects. And I think what I want to say is not necessarily any even just criticism of Duggan's work. Like Duggan is very good at the things that he's good at. Really enjoys superhero character interactions. Really seems to enjoy a, a more traditional history of Marvel super teams is a fit for in uncanny Avengers. Um, and even X-Men to some extent at times had fun, right? And all, it's often, like I said, if this is your fifth best book, you're in great shape as a line of comics, 
But the idea that it's the flagship, that it's the leader, is a problem. And the thing that I want to say today is, I think Duggan was put in a very unsuitable position, was very badly miscast, through no fault of his own, just out here making the comics he's always been making at Marvel for a decade plus now, right? (laughs) Like, the variance between 2013 Duggan Deadpool and 2024 X-Men is like nothing. A tremendous consistency across a decade plus of comics here. There's a baseline of like just solid work every time out. And that is commendable. That's hard to do. Most people cannot do that, right? Most people cannot do that. Lunatics like myself yelling into a microphone (laughs) for an online audience cannot do that. I haven't done that. Okay. So credit where it's due. But putting that person in a position where you say, we're going to build the franchise around you as the writer, that's not who this creator is. The destiny was Robert Ory, Big Shot Bob. And instead, it's like, no, we're going to build a franchise around you. And that was a mistake. I don't know how you could view it as not. It's an unsuitable position. Okay? So, as always, we're killing clock between Gillen and Ewing issues. I remain very excited for Rise of the Powers of Ten. I remain very excited for the rest of the Ultimate Universe. There's still very interesting stuff to be excited about. Um, I don't even know how much I want to say about like what actually happened in X-Men number 13, Invincible Iron Man number 14, which are the Fall of the House of X tie-ins. I guess the big thing to say here is uh, Fall of the House of X is like in every way a very standard Marvel event, <laughs> right? Like in every conceivable way, it has, it is trying to reflect sort of the special nature of House of X and Powers of Ten, which are unique, not just because of the content, but the way they were delivered. The, the miracle of House of X, and this is something I've written, I've shared, and I've shared on social and blah, blah, blah. The miracle of it was not the content, which is excellent. But the miracle of it was that Hickman convinced Marvel not to publish other X-Men comics. And you have 12 weeks where that was it. That was the miracle. It suggested that Marvel could defy their bad impulses. And with Fall of the House of X, you see full circle regression. You see full circle reversion to type where Marvel's like, we need (laughs) tie-ins. What do people love? They love tie-ins that don't do a lot. Things that we will say are important to Fall of the House of X, but are tremendously tangential. Okay? Um, And that's where you get Jerry Duggan wrapping up plots that, like, I don't need wrapped up. And they are not additive to the really interesting big-picture stuff Karen Gillan's doing in Rise of the Powers of Ten and is setting the stage for. There's really interesting stuff to be done. It's not the high evolutionary. Oh, that's how you meet a cough, baby. And, and like, I don't know. Listen, I love Fabian Nicieza. Friend of Comic Book Herald. Personal friend. Really. I think anyone I've interviewed is a personal friend. I don't know if they'd agree. What is that cable book even doing out in the wild? Because, <laughs> like, like, why is that not part of the, the legacy miniseries? And is part of the fall of the House of X? Doesn't make any sense. What are we doing? Why even pretend? For sales, I know. I get it. 
but it's just like all of Marvel's worst impulses are back. And it's just a, it's kind of a, it's a cold splash of water where it's like, man, that law, that house and powers moment was so damn special. And then you see it, its conclusion, like referencing that and nostalgic for that, but without the commitment, the bravery, the foresight to learn any of those lessons. I mean, it would be a lot more exciting right now if it was, okay, it's the conclusion. We have 10 weeks, fall the House of X, rise the powers of 10. That's it. And I guess you got to toss in Resurrection Magneto because we need Al Ewing involved. But like, you know, now it's just like, oh, it's just like every other Marvel event. <coughs> There's going to be some high quality event issues. Everything Karen Gillen writes is going to be interesting. As a result, there's going to be some tie-ins that have some some interest. Dead X-Men could be good. Who knows? There's always a few tie-ins that work. Tie-ins in and of themselves are not a bad concept. It's the sprawling nature and the fact that there are always a gazillion and it's just darts and you got to figure out which of the three out of a hundred actually hit the board. Right? I don't play a lot of darts. Is that how you play? <laughs> it might be clear. And that's, that's normal for Marvel. And I think that what's, what's, you know, I think maybe a little disillusioning for Krakoa fans is it's like, well, this wasn't, the whole point was this wasn't supposed to be just how we did things always. That was the whole point. And of course, we're back to that. It's what they'll always come back to, you know, um, which is kind of a bummer. But again, I think the, the optimistic side of things is Rise is going to stay super interesting. I think the core fall of the House of X book, I think Duggan's going to bring some heat on that. I do even though I was, you know, I don't have, like, super high hopes. But I think some interesting things will happen. Because he's going to be playing off what Gillen's doing. All right, if it wasn't already clear, I have a cold. When I have a cold, I may cough. When I try to talk for an hour solo, I may cough even more. This could be a very short CBH Live. We'll see what happens. Get in your thoughts. Get in your questions. I mean, honestly, I think that's it for, like, Fall of the House of X talk right now. I mean, truly, we're killing clock between... The good stuff, and the good stuff comes next week. Now, next week, we're going to have Some Gods by Hickman. Always an interesting time. Check out what's going on there. We got Resurrection Magneto number one, which is what I'm most excited for. Coming from Al Ewing. Whew! What a visual. We're going to talk about Resurrection Magneto. Now, next week, we got Gods, we got Resurrection, we got Immortal Thor. We're going to have to do a stream. We're going to have to be here. We're going to have to have, hopefully, a non-sick host. Sponsored by Big Cough, as nobody except me says. Boy, oh boy, has Big Cough... Big Cough has sponsored a lot of episodes. Big Cough has sponsored a lot of the Comic Book Herald Live industry. And we gotta thank them. I'd like to thank Throw Lozenges for doing very little. I'd like to thank uh, Big Gulps of Water from Big Water, our traditional sponsor, for also not preventing my coughs. Um, I'd like to thank the Walmart brand uh, uh, Throat Numbing Spray. That I got to try to help me sleep. That didn't help. That didn't help one bit. Big cough, though. Doing work. Big cough. JJ says, so then is the this week not a good comic week? Uh, not, I mean, not for X-Men. Not if you're an X-Men fan. But anyway, where I was going with that is next week, I can't do Thursday, okay? We're doing these on Thursdays. I can't do Thursday. So I'm going to need y'all to tell me, do we do this on Wednesday, probably? Or are we doing Friday after hours, Everybody BYOB, you know, we could do that. We could do a BYOB Friday, talk about the comics a couple days after. It'd be like 10 of us, 
right? No way it's more than 10. But if y'all want to do that instead of Wednesday, I could, I could make that happen, probably. That's next week, okay? Just a little heads up there. Uh, what else happened? What else do we want to talk about? Oh, okay. Here's what I want to talk about. Convincible. So as, as I've reported here previously, uh, Invincible is on my best comics of all time list. And you know what? Probably even pull that puppy up. It's on my best comics of all time list at, it was in like my top 30. I really liked Invincible. Getting into comics. Robert Kirkman, Corey Walker, Ryan Otley. I've moved it down since to number 43. But top 50, best comics of all time, that's crazy. That's super high. Right? You can see right here, I've got Persepolis, Love and Rockets. <laughs> I mean, the, the notion that I have Love and Rockets one spot ahead of Invincible is definitely driving any of the, uh, like, cool critics insane. <laughs> I get that, okay? But what I, I loved about Invincible getting into it was the idea of, like, a self-contained superhero universe that was not beholden to the mandates and, you know, sort of the regenerative cyclical nature of superhero comics, right? The fact that they always kind of have to put things back in the box. Invincible was always kind of exciting to me because it was a version of those stories where it was like, no, we're only going forward and we're only going forward one time. We're not going to put toys back in the box. We're just going to do it and say, what if we didn't redo it and reboot effectively? You know, I think it was always like kind of the big hook. So anyway, I've been doing Convincible, the podcast, where we're reading through like one chunk of like 10 to 13 issues at a time for like eight episodes, trying to convince my co-host, Zach Dean, that Invincible is actually a good comic. And I've been having a tough time with this. I've been having a tough time with this. One, because Zach is obstinate, as anyone who listens to my Marvel year definitely well knows. But two, because, you know, I read this comic getting into comics. And I think it's a great getting into reading lots of comic comics. It's not a great one to go back to, you know, knowing what I know now and just like where I am in my life, right? I'm less easily, uh, I, I'm less, less committed to just like superhero comics in general, I guess. You know, it takes, because I've read too many of them, I'm a bit jaded, I suppose. There's a bit of cynicism. It takes more to, like, wow me. Which doesn't mean it can't be done. I mean, if you were here last week, listen to me talking about Ultimate Spider-Man number one and Rise of the Powers of Ten, right? I'm still here for it when it's hot. But with Invincible, I'm kind of like, I'm more easily swayed to the idea that it's mediocre than I think Zach is to what the position that I need to force myself into, which is that it's actually great. So here's why I bring this up. I need from you, what are some ideas or, or reasons you think Invincible rules, if you think it rules? And also, so what we did this week, for this week's episode that we're recording, I made us watch the, uh, the animated series. And so we're reading like a chunk of Invincible. We're going to read up like just past issue 50. And then we're also watching the animated series. And what I hope to do is to sort of highlight... The ways that the animated series very effectively patches together holes from Invincible, right? I think it actually very much 
showcases that the foundations of Invincible as a superhero universe are actually very strong. Like, I think the animated series is a lot better at the chunks of story that it has has covered than the comic. And I think that's almost inevitable, but maybe we take it for granted when you're doing something that was like 20 years ago and, you know, Kirkman, Ali, Walker, they had no idea how, how much runway they'd get on this thing. Right now, Kirkman's an institution. I mean, I think I think this first season drastically improves the character of Mark Grayson, the role of his mom, because she is a, she is like given nothing in the comic. It's bad. The characterization of of Mark's mom what is was her name Deb, um, Omni Man's rationale and the build to that. All of that is done with a lot more emphasis on character than the comic quite has time to do, right? The comic is just plot, 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 fast as you can. And that's part of its appeal, but it's also now kind of like kind of hollow. Um, so <laughs> Mr. Evil Dr. Porkchop says, sounds like you need to convinceable yourself first. That's the thing. That's the thing. And I think that's one of the the interesting challenges of a goofy list like, you know, this top comics pick, uh, of all time kind of thing is like I'm always now kind of at odds with myself of five years ago or myself of 10 years ago, right? Um, so it's, I don't want to like override a more youthful, less jaded opinion a lot of times because it it presupposes that like, oh, my tastes now are superior. And it's like, no, I'm just different. I'm just different in some ways, right? And and I think other readers, uh, like obviously Invincible is pretty flippant popular, right? Other people seem to enjoy it. I, I'm curious, what do you all think? Like, is the comic good? Do you enjoy the animated series a lot more? Um, but I, I do actually think Mr. Evil Dr. Porkchop is right that it's a weird game to have set myself up in where I'm trying to convince someone that something that I'm not that into anymore is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like it's, it's pretty hollow. So convincible might not make it to the end. I think for the, for that reason, um, it'd be more fun with like, uh, like a house of X or powers of 10, right. Or like something that I just thought was like, absolutely like no question in my mind that it rules. So let's do that. Let's do that while we're here. I, when I originally ranked house of X, here it is. 145 on the list between March and Batman and Robin by Graham Morrison. And anything inside, like, the top 300 is a comic I really highly recommend. And again, we're trying to get to 1,000 good recommendations here. That's the that's the goal. But really, it's just to rank 1,000. I've got currently 900. I've got 979 comics ranked on here. So we go from Watchmen all the way down to the bottom of Dazzler the Movie, Avengers 200, Wanted, Nemesis, and Marville. The Jim Shooter, Mark Miller, and whatever Marville is special. Okay, that's our that's our bottom. And we have had people, as I said, let's rank a thousand. Some folks did come in and try to get to the bottom. Some folks are trying to unseat Marville. Let's see, I've got some recs written down here. Nominations for Holy Terror, Deathmate. I don't think the max is that. These two are. I think, Holy Terror and Deathmate. 
if you want to be a monster and try to make me read something worse than Marvel, worse even than Mark Miller's Nemesis or Wanted, you can nominate that, and I will take it into consideration. Okay? But anyway, the point is we're ranking 1,000. That's the game. I'm up to 979, and we've got House of X at 145. Now, when I ranked this originally, I was thinking it would be a Hickman's X-Men ranking. I was thinking I would be ranking a five-year Krakoa run of X-Men by Jonathan Hickman. Let's all of us pour out a glass. Let's all of us pour out our tears into a glass and then pour out that glass for the fact that that is not happening. That that did not happen. Hey, remember when Hickman left X-Men? And like my first thought in a lot of people's was like, well, he could come back. Maybe he'll come back. Maybe dad's not really gone. Right? Harsh. Harsh reality. Hickman's not coming back. Don't think it's happening. What, how would you feel if, you know, Fall of House of X number three and Rise of the Powers of Ten number three comes out and Marvel announces... Krakoa finale, one shot, oversized in June, including the return of Jonathan Hickman. I'd be mad. I'd, <laughs> I'd actually be mad. Would you be excited? I'd actually be like, oh, yeah, how dare you? I don't know. Do I actually feel, like, betrayed on a personal level? No, not at all. But I, it, that, to me, would feel like, I don't know, like trying to trying to just ignore the reality it would also like that would also to me feel like a slap in the face of like gillen and ewing who have salvaged this and have done such tremendous work you know i, I said this earlier in the week and i was i talked about this with rise but it's like all like the long-term planning and intricate plot seeding that people have been told to attribute to jonathan hickman's marvel work because he was very good at it from 2008 to 2016 kieran gillen's doing all of that he's doing it really well Right? So it's like, I, I want to celebrate that work. I want to celebrate what Gillen and Ewing brought to the table for the last two plus years. And like how hard of a challenge that was. You know? Walking in in the shadow of House of X and Powers of Ten and, and delivering on the promise of all that. Tremendous challenge. That's what I want to focus on. Right? Anyway. So I was thinking this would be a long run. It's not. So really what we have to do is instead of calling it Hickman's X-Men, <coughs> we're just going to call this puppy proper House of X powers of 10. And then now we got to rank that. So the question is, does it move up? Uh, I'm just looking right above it. And immediately I'm having a hard time. Is House of X powers of 10 better than Jason Aaron and Isad Ribich on Thor, God of Thunder? I would say yes. I love that Thor run, but I would say yes. Is it better than Next Wave? Yes, for sure. Is it better than Ultimate Spider-Man, the whole shebang, by Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Bagley? For my money, yes. Is it better than New X-Men, by Graham Morrison, Frank Quitely, and Friends? Yes? I think it is. Is it better than Age of Apocalypse? Yes. Is it better than the Immortal Iron Fist? Yep. I mean, probably. 
Is it better than Wolverine Weapon X? By Barry Windsor Smith, the best Wolverine story of all time. I think so. <laughs> now, now we're getting crazy. Now we're getting crazy. How good is that book? And now here's the problem, too, is I've got Sex Criminals at 68 when I have that highlighted in pink to remind me to perpetually keep it at number 69. So we're going to have to do some adjustments on the back end. Is it actually better than the Phoenix Saga? I would rather... I ooh, More influential? I mean, long-term, maybe. But, like, oh, man. Is it actually better than the Phoenix Saga? The Dark Phoenix Saga. This is tough. I don't know that it's better than Spider-Man Craven's Last Hunt. But then again, it doesn't have vermin in it. Oh, how do I put this? Is it better than Uncanny X-Force? Rick Remender, Jerome Pena. I mean, it's tighter. How high up are we going? Is it better than Ice Cream Man? No. Is it better than Invincible? Yes. Is it better than Love and Rockets? Probably not. Is it better than Marvel's? No. Is it better than Walt Simonson's Thor? Hmm. I'd rather read it again. Do we penalize? Do we penalize House of X and Powers of Ten because it's just a beginning? Do we penalize it because it is a 12-issue setup to a saga that then, you know, muddled about and in some ways fulfilled the promise, but in many ways didn't. Does House of X and Powers of Ten suffer because of that fact? What do you all think? Let's see. Cousin Marcus says, we got to get into your hate of Jeff Johns stuff. <laughs> I, I don't hate Jeff Johns stuff. I hate some of Jeff Johns stuff. Also, hate is like, we're talking, Bill Simmons on on sports podcast that he does talks about sports hate you know like he's a Celtics fan he sports hate the Lakers right like I'm I sports hate you know the Green Bay Packers even though that's not true because my dad's a Packers fan so I'm like half a Packers fan I I comics hate things I don't like genuinely generally hate any comics um but also the reason I laugh at that is I've got John's Green Lantern in the top 200 in here for sure Let's see, Pepto-Bismol asks, has it been longer without Hickman in the Krakow era than it was with Hickman? Uh, well, 2019 through 2021, minus COVID delays. And then you have, you know, 2022 to present. So it's it's about the same. He leaves it about the midway point. I'm Hit asks, is Planetary on the list? Planetary is on the list. Somewhere inside the top 100, I think. Actually, maybe not that high. I've got Planetary 130. I do have it on there. I have read it. Let's see. Mr. Evil Dr. Porkchop asked, this is probably not that feasible at this point, but I'd be interested to see you give each issue a rating, take the average rating for the run, and then rank those. More mathematical, less vibesy. Yeah, I would never in a million years do that at this point in my life. <laughs> there was a point in my life where I did that exact thing. So I am not, uh, I am not entirely mocking the, the idea because that is absolutely a thing I did when I was making the Comic Herald reading orders the first time around. But now that sounds insane, which it was when I did it the first time around. Death Rattle says, better than Watchmen or Miracle Man? No, no, it's not. And, and that would put it at literally my the best comic of all time, <laughs> which is where I have Watchmen. Or where do I have Miracle Man? I've got Miracle Man at 20. 
So no, it's not it's not on that tier. But like, are we talking a top fifty comic of all time tier? I I, I mean, just I kind of think we're close actually. I mean, the thing about House of X and Powers of Ten that I'm just so I marvel at is no pun intended, is like when I have to go back to read it to do like the Rise of the Powers, the Road to the Rise of the Powers of Ten video that I did, um, which is up on the Comic Carol channel, second video I did this year, did two videos, no big deal. Um, like I just wind up just reading House and Powers. Like I just catch myself, I'm like, oh, I, I want to go look up this thing, and then I just want to read it again. It is tremendously rereadable <laughs> in ways that are pretty rare for superhero comics. So, all right, let's make a decision. I'm going to settle it right here. I'm going to put it between Dark Phoenix Saga and Ecstatics. And maybe I'll come back to it one day. But that feels kind of healthy. I mean, saying it's better than Craven's Last Haunt, saying it's better than Cap by a Brubaker, insanely high praise. I love Ecstatics. I don't know that it's actually better than Ecstatics. That's a tough one. Hmm. I kind of want to put it like, like maybe, oh, it's not better than the Black Monday murders. What am I doing? What am I doing? We'll put it right here. It's definitely better than Astonishing X-Men. It's not better than the Black Monday murders. That's, yes, 100%. Okay. House and Powers. Now, you are now watching a behind-the-scenes view of how the Comic Book Herald Best Comics of All Time list is made. Is it less mathematical than you hoped? <laughs> Clearly. That's the thing about rankings. They're made up. <laughs> Mr. Evil Dr. Porkchop asks, did you read the chronological edit of Hoxpox? I did. Um, when I went back to, for the, the Rise of Powers of Ten video, that was the version I used. And when I saw the chronological edition announced, I had assumed it was just a collected edition with the issues in order, so you didn't have to bounce in MU between a series called House of X and Powers of Ten. <coughs> it is way crazier than that. It is way crazier than that. Jordan D. White, ex-office editor, actually organized on like a page-by-page -page basis the chronological flow of House and Powers. It's... Of actually like a really wild, interesting experiment. Um, it's definitely not the way to read it the first time, but it's probably a good way to read it the third time because it is, it shakes up the order of events. Like it puts Moira's journals, which are actually in the last issue, and it puts them very early in the text because chronologically those are like her early days of feeling out Professor X and Magneto. It's it's an interesting experiment. I'm actually pretty glad they published that. I thought it was goofy at first, but it's like, you couldn't do that with a lot of books. There's not a lot of books where that would make sense and be a good thing. <laughs> you know, like the chronological edition of Watchmen, where we put all the Minutemen scenes first. It's like, you wouldn't want that. Like, they're, they're paced in a certain way for a reason. Um, but with House of Action Powers of Ten, it's like, it kind of works in an interesting way. I would check it out. It's on Marvel Unlimited if you haven't. Um, it's it's an interesting way to reread the work, certainly. Death Rail asks, is the list available online to look at? Yeah, just search for the best comics of all time. 
Oh, shit. Go to your search engine of choice. Best comics of all time. That's me right here. Average position 2.8. You won't see this because these are my personal search insights. Ignore this. Ignore this. Click this. Comic Book Herald. There you go. All right, we did it. Now we got to rank concrete. Getting any questions? Any thoughts you might have? Because I think we're going to rank concrete, and then I'm going to go eat some pizza. I feel like that is the way this night is going to end. Concrete by Paul Chadwick. This was a, a recommendation to me. I asked folks, what are, are some comics that might com- uh, compete among the best comics of all time? Concrete by Paul Chadwick is one that I've had on my radar for quite some time. I read the complete collection from Dark Horse Comics. Let's see if we can find it here. This is like the Joe Rogan podcast, just like doing things live. No preparation. You love to see it. This one right here. If you are not familiar with the saga of Concrete, imagine that Big Ben Grimm was a political speechwriter and was transformed not by cosmic rays, but by space aliens while out on a camping trip with a friend. It's smart. It's savvy. There's some really beautiful, poetic, naturalistic writing by Chadwick in this book. It does also feel of 1986. 1986, something was in the air. Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, Mouse, huge year for comics, the concrete launching. Amidst all that, it is not as cutting edge as all that, but it is, you know, it moves the needle on like superhero-esque, but but really they're just tales of adventure. It's more pulpy uh, in a good way, a la Tom Strong, a la Doc Savage, those sorts of things. It's a really good read. If you haven't checked out Concrete, check it out. It's well worth the time. I think a lot of you will probably enjoy it. It did not blow my mind uh, in the way, you know, that obviously I'm hoping things on this list might, but it's going to go inside the top 500. The top 500 is the cutoff for if I actually publish the recommendation. But again, we're trying to get to 1,000 here. Uh, so I don't know. Let's start at 400. Do we do we put it at 400? Is Concrete better than a Redneck by Donny Cates? X-Men Messiah Complex? I don't think it's better than that Texas Blood. Really good series by Chris Conan and Jacob Phillips coming out now. Oh, let's scroll down a bit. Jim Corrigan, no. Orphan of the Five Beasts, no. All right. What about this area? <coughs> this feels right. Is it better than JLA Tower of Babel? That's the one where Batman's plans for the Justice League are used against him. It's probably better than Forever Evil. See, you, you said... That maybe I, I had it out for Jeff Johns. Look at look at New 52 Forever Evil coming in ahead of Tower of Babel. That's controversial. That'll get the people talking. Let's see. What's unnatural? Is that the uh is that the Merca and Dolpha one with sexy pigs? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's the Merca and Dolpha sexy pigs one. Is concrete better than really sexy pigs? These are the types of questions. That only one man can answer. And I'm glad I'm here today. 
Lethargo says, I'm loving this Dave does his taxes as content. That is exactly what this is. This is a thing that I've been putting off and I didn't really have anything to talk about because the comics aren't that exciting this week. So I was like, let's just do the taxes live. We'll just do <laughs> we'll just do the taxes live and bring everyone along for the ride. Um is concrete better than Tom King's Batman? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Now I'm just staring at a list, not even talking. How boring is that? I could at least be talking about something else. <laughs> oh boy. Capital C content. Let's see. JJ says, I don't know, enjoy, I enjoy reading Hoxbox, but it still feels like an intro to an event instead of a self-contained story. That, that's definitely the knock on it, um, which is, which is why I don't, which is why I'm hesitant to be like, well, maybe I've got it too high. Uh, Kinky asks, but where is Percy's static, unmoving X-Men? I believe you mean X-Force and Wolverine. I have not ranked, uh, Sir Benjamin Percy's Wolverine and X-Force. As of yet, I think, you know, the reality of something like that or something like a Doug and X-Men, like these runs that I'm kind of like nonplussed about is they'd be like, I don't know, in like the not stuff that I'm actively like mad about or or want to hail is like things that I think are among the worst, but instead would be like, you know, in this kind of boring 800 wet range. Like this Scarlet Witch run by James Robinson and Vanessa Del Rey did some of the art like it's a fine comic run. <laughs> Arguably the best Scarlet Witch run of all time because there almost are none, you know? But, like, it'd be in this territory of just kind of, like, you know, like semi-forgettable superhero stuff. <coughs> Owen Likes Comics says, I didn't think CBH could get more exciting, and now there's spreadsheets. I'll tell you what. Find me the YouTube channel where you can get a guy doing his taxes and coughing a lot live for an hour. You find me that channel, and I will show you my competitor. I will show you my competition. They are few and far between. Absolutely few and far between. I'm loving how much shade I'm getting for doing this live. This is hilarious. All right, we're going to do it. We're just going to make a decision here. Is concrete better than Bitch Planet? Yeah, I mean, probably. I feel like Bitch Planet never ended. Did it? I don't know. What happened with Bitch Planet? Do we know? Has there been a more hyped comic that you have no idea what became of it in the la- of the like golden age image or the like image renaissance of the 2010s? Right? Like Bitch Planet was right up there with like Saga and East of West, you know, and Chew and just like all these like all images back, baby. Everything they publish is a hit. And it was flipping good with Kelly Sue DeConnick and Valentin Delandro. But like what? became of it or did I just fall out and everyone's like no it was awesome how did you not read that ending that's possible bird nerd asks is Duggan's X-Men run better than Hickman's mainline X-Men run <laughs> uh, listen I'm gonna leave that to the comments because it's getting late I've already got a cold and like I said I'm not out here to slander anyone uh I'm not out here to make enemies I'm just here to talk about comics HawkITS finally says what everyone's been thinking, which is, unironically, I appreciate this kind of dedication to organizing lists. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Concrete is not better than the Book of Frank. It is better than Bitch Planet, because I cannot remember how that ended. Concrete is the new number 407 on the best comics of all time. 
Let's go find it. Where is it? Where are you? All right. Now, what we got to decide next is what do I read next? <coughs> Among the recommendations, next up on my list, I've got Nausicaa Valley of the Wind. Never read it. Should I keep that? Should that be my next read? What about Smile by Raina Telgemeier? What about 20th Century Boys by Naoki Arasawa? Fire Punch by Tatsuki Fujimoto. My Lesbian Experience with Loneliness. Not mine, but the book. What are we picking? Got all sorts of choices. One Piece. I'm saving One Piece for a number of a thousand. I've never touched One Piece. I understand that once I do, I'll never read anything again because it's the only book you can read once you start reading that because there are eight million chapters. But I'm saving that for a number of a thousand. That's last. Okay. Right now I'm leaning. Let's just do Nausicaa. Let's do the Miyazaki thing. Let's see what that's like. But let me know. What do you think? All right, let's move concrete. Our new, what did we say? 407, baby. That's good. That's big. That's inside the top 500. That feels right. It shouldn't be above ping pong. It shouldn't be above Daredevil by Nascenti and JRJR. All right. We did it. Congratulations to all of you for getting to enjoy that. Um, okay. We got like a few questions here, and then I'll, I'll take some votes for what I should read next. Should we make it a book club? Do you want to do a book club? Resounding silence. Resounding no's. <laughs> okay. JJ asks, what is the Desert Island top three on the list? Okay. Watchmen. Sandman. Bone. A very traditional, classic top three. Uh, I might, if you're going Desert Island, I might adjust that a little bit. Just to like get maybe a little more, something a little more esoteric, maybe. Um, a little more experimental. Maybe maybe just a super long run. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I feel great about that top three. That's a, that's a great top three. This is a great top ten. I'll tell you what. This top ten is lights out. It's probably not until you get to Why the Last Man that I'm like, now I'm like on edge. I'm like, uh-oh, do I actually like that as much as I thought I did? That's when I start getting nervous. Before that point, lights out. Knocked it out of the park. <laughs> what other questions we got? Are the Bears keeping fields? <sighs> Probably. They cut their coach, which doesn't make any sense. Anytime you can lose 13 games in a row, got to keep that guy. <laughs> you got to build your, your franchise around that man. Um, I hope they draft a quarterback and keep fields. Does it make sense? No. It's, it, but I think given the fact that otherwise they don't draft a quarterback and keep fields, I feel better about that. That's my pick for the Bears. Death Rattle says, Berserk is the best manga. I think it might. Well, no, I've got Pluto, 12. So Pluto's my highest rank. Um, I do need to re-rank Berserk, probably. Because every time I read new vault, Oh, never mind. I do have it inside the top 200. I just got to adjust the, the numbers here. Yeah, I did move Berserk way up. I had it like in the 300s. I moved it almost inside the top 200. By the time I finish it, it'll probably be inside the top 100. You know what else is going inside this top 10? Or right about? It's going below Pluto. I had a Why the Last Man. I just haven't finished it yet. The Complete Calvin and Hobbes by Bill Watterson. Second I finish that, that's going to number 13 on the list. All right. What final questions we got? Pepto says, has anyone suggested JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? You know, I don't know that they have. Actually... Check that puppy out. Here's the list, by the way, of things people... These are the things I've already read that I need to rank. 
um, these are the, this was like my working top a thousand. And then this was a bunch of like European stuff and just things that, that people have recommended over time that I have not read before. Pretty much unorganized. Let's put Jojo on there. Sure. I'll do it. I'll do a bizarre adventure. All right. Cousin Marcus says, is Coates, Black Panther, or Cap on the list? Yeah, for sure. Uh, probably inside the top. I really like Coates, Black Panther a lot, actually. That's probably in the top 250. I don't know where I have Cap. Bird Nerd says, Book Club. I think that's our only vote for Book Club. So, all right. Well, I'll just say, um, next month, <laughs> I'm going to do Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind. If y'all want to play along, read that. And we'll talk about it. Right? Uh, 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 uh. Warren says, no. Xavier says, this is the 2020 update? No, that's just what the file was named. This is updated often. All right, we did it. We did our taxes together. Thank you all for joining me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make streams where I don't necessarily want to talk in depth about many comics. More about me just doing routine things. <laughs> I really appreciate that you all joined for that. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Love y'all being here. Enjoy the comics.